Lakuta Sikha is Khalik Yutas Igarasatchuba Sikha Dalit a summary of the Sikha. The Sikha is a sort of a Kabbalistic Sikha with a lot of intricate details, so the summary I will only take a few points, the the few main points of the Sikha, not be able to communicate every single uh, nuance that the Sikha brings out. In the fourth chapter of Egeres HaTshuva, the Alter Rebbe explains how the ten spheres are nichlolos v'nirmozes, included with and alluded to by the Shem Avaya. That the, each letter of the Shem Avaya alludes to and includes another part of the spheres. Yud is, uh, alludes to Chochmah. And he adds in parentheses, and the point on top of the Yud alludes to Ratzana Elyum, which transcends Chachma. Then the Oyer comes down and it uh, dissipates and it, re- it becomes revealed through analysis and so on. And that's included in the letter He. That's Bina, which is found in the letter He of Shemavaya. And then it comes down even further and it goes into the emotional characteristics which is included, which is alluded to, included to, and alluded to in the number six, which is the Vav of Shemavaika. There are six spheres. Zah is Chesed Gvura Teferes Yisoid. And then the last letter, the last letter He, is, includes and alludes to Malchus, the sphere of Malchus. So the Rebbe's father, in his comments on, uh, on this Peric, says, points out, that Alter Rebbe makes differences. There are slight differences in the way he describes the relationship between the the sphere that we're talking about and the letter that it relates to. One of those differences is that when he describes Bina Zah on Malchus, he said he uses the words not near mezes that it's alluded to, but also included within that the oir of the of the sphere is included within the letter, the uh, the appropriate, you know, the corresponding letter in Shemavaya, but by Chachma and Keser, he only says Nirmozes. He only talks about that it alludes to, but he doesn't say it's included into. And, the, uh, and he has another few uh, details, which maybe we'll get to later. And then the Rebbe's father doesn't answer it, he just says, if you look into it, you'll understand, you think about it, you'll understand why he says it makes the difference. To summarize, in, uh, from, these, uh, from these differences, we see that there are three different ways in which the letters correspond to the level that they represent. In the, the kites, the point on top of the yud, it only says remez to rotsun el to to rotsun keser. That the point on top of the yud is only an allusion to keser. When it comes to the Yud, which is Chachma, it says Miramezes. It is an allusion with a much more direct meaning, an allusion to Chachma. And then when it comes to Hevav Hey, which is Bina, Zah, and Malchus, it says Nechlelas Vinirmezes. It is included as well as alludes to. Those are the three differences. Now we also have to understand what is the connection between all of this, all these details of how the, Re- the Alter Rebbe and focusing on how the Alter Rebbe defines each connection between the letter and the oyer, what does it have to do with the general theme of Igeres HaTshuva? It's all about Igeres HaTshuva, so what does it all this have to do with Tshuva? In general, what the Altarev is trying to explain is that 
what happens when a person commits a sin? He's trying to say that the, the neshama of a yid is linked to the name Havaya. Chelek Havaya Amay, that uh, the Jewish people are, are from Shem Havaya. When a person commits a sin, they compromise. They cause corruption to name Havaya, to the name Havaya. Tshuva is meant to bring reach into a higher level, which is the level of Ratzin, from where the Yud Gimel Midas Arachmim come. Through Tshuva you can reach there, and therefore in the, with, when the Oyer of Yud Gimel Midas Arachmim of Ratzin is released, because they are so much removed from higher than Shemavaya, as the Alter Rebbe says, Lamaila Maila, they come from higher and higher than Shemavaya, therefore they can repair any compromise which happened to Shemavaya. That's the general theme that he's trying to explain. So therefore the question arises, since the Yidin are connected to Shemavaya, as we said, which means that that is where, that's our source, that's our root, that's where we come from. So how are we going to reach that which is that which to completely transcends Shemavaya. How do we access that level of Ratzin in order to be able to bring this atonement upon us and to be able to fix the, the, the compromise to Shemavaya. So therefore the Alter Rebbe points out that even Ratzin, the Ratzin Elyon, which means the place from which the Yud Gimel Mizusarachman, which we're trying to access in order to clean up the whole mess, is also connected to the Shemavaya. It is the Kites that is on top of the Yud, which means in some way it's connected to Shemavaya. So we have access to be able to reach that level as well, even though it is higher and higher than Shemavaya. But it is still connected to it, and this way we have the ability to reach it. And this explains another point as well. We can understand how bringing down the Yud Gimumuz Harachmim, or Ratzin, Keser, into the picture could bathe the whole thing in light, and therefore now that comes from an unris- a place where there is no definition, over there creation doesn't even exist, in, and therefore anything that happens within creation is of no consequence, and if somebody committed a sin, it really doesn't matter up there, they, they're not looking at that, they have no interest in that, so to speak, and therefore when you bring that into the picture, so then everything becomes atoned for. doesn't matter anymore. We have a new, we're looking at a new, a new big picture scene. So that could explain that. But the question is, if the Altareb is tr- saying that we need to clean up the Pagam, the compromise that happened to the letters in Shemavaya, so if that comes from such a high place, how is it fixing the letters which are defined by a certain definition? the letters of Yud and He and, he and Vav uh, as, they, as they represent the spheres which are within creation. So how could something that comes from a place where it doesn't matter at all fix the details of these letters? That still remains a question. And that's what Alter Rebbe explains that even though it comes from a very high place removed but in the end it's still attached that it all starts from the kites above the Yud, which means it does in some way have a connection to the Shemavaya. In fact, one could say that just like when you actually physically write the Shemavaya, starting the Yud, to start Shemavaya, you have to start from the point on top of the Yud. That's the first stroke of the pen. 
So in other words, Shem Avaya begins with the Kaitzah Shul Yud, and therefore it does have the ability to, it's connected to the letters of Shem Avaya, and therefore is able to repair the individual compromise that happens within each letter. In other words, that the, the in order to be able to, to repair the compromise that happened through a sin, the Kaitzah Shal Yud has to come from a, very, a place that is way removed and therefore is completely higher than what's going on in creation. But at the same time, it has to be connected somehow to the creation, to the letters of Shemavai, in order to be able to repair what is happening in creation. So then the question becomes the opposite. If the, even the Kaitzah Shal Yud, which means even that level of, this, of uh, Ratzin, is already connected to Isis of Shemavaya, to the letters of Shemavaya, which means that they are defined by what is important in creation, because they also become part of, or at least they're the source of Shemavaya, that's where it all begins. So then how do they have the power to cleanse a sin? If they are also defined by what is within Shemavaya, how are they able to cleanse it? How do they transcend it completely? So to answer that is what the, uh, the Rebbe's father points out, the differences in how the Alter Rebbe describes the relationship between the Sphira and the letter, that it's different in, in Chachma, it's different in Keser, and it's different for the other three, for Bina, Zah, and Malchus. When he describes Bina, Zah, and Malchus, he says that the Da'ir, the which is from Bina, Zah, and Malchus, are nichlolos, are they, they are included within the letters. They are contained within the letters of Shemavaya. Which means that those, that er, which is connected to Bina, Zo, and Malchus, they are defined by what the letter that they are included into. Because you can only include, integrate something into something else if it is a good match for them. So the er over there is also defined by that letter. Whereas when he talks about Chachma and Ratzin, the Yud and the Kaitzishal Yud, he doesn't say Nechlolis, that it becomes contained within the letter. It only says that that letter alludes to a certain level. So that the Yud, because of its depth, it, it, the fact that it is a, merely a point, mathematically uh, a point, has no dimensions at all. It doesn't have any width, it doesn't have any height, it doesn't have any depth. It's just a point, a reference point. So Yud represents the idea of Bittl. It, it exists as a Yud, but its existence is that it has no dimensions. It has no existence. So that Yud does not contain within it the Eir. It merely alludes to a, an idea of Eir, of what Chachma is. That's all it does. It's not that it's defined by the letter it is outside the letter. It doesn't reside in the letter, in the tzir, in the definition of the letter. It's something that's removed. Certainly the kaitzishul yud, the point on top of the yud, certainly doesn't contain, capture the level of rotsin. It's just simply a distant allusion to what rotsin is. And that explains why by, through Chachma and certainly through the Kaitzeshul Yud over there they aren't captured by the letter which they associate with they are merely a removed allusion to it and that's why 
they themselves, meaning the Kaitzushul Yud, and even Chachma to some degree, cannot become compromised by the sin that is committed, and therefore it has the ability to be able to bring atonement for it, because it is, it is indeed beyond and higher than the compromise that happened, and therefore it's able to atone, and to fix, to repair the letters of Yudke Vavke. And this could be explained, the Rebbe says, by a, uh, an example from the mitzvah of tzitzis. It says that the, uh, the tzitzis themselves, they have a certain amount of kedusha. A mitzvah was accomplished, it was done with them, and therefore you're not, not, not allowed to use it in, once it's been used for a mitzvah, you can't just use it for whatever you want. It has to be treated with, uh, with somewhat of a sense of kedusha. Whereas the talis it's completely chayil, it's completely com- considered to be non, doesn't contain any ketusha at all, you could do, use it for whatever you want. On the, but that doesn't mean that the talus has no connection to the mitzvah, that Rizal writes the opposite, that the ketusha of a talus is even greater than the ketusha of the tzitzis themselves, and that's why the tzitzis are merely strings, they are merely threads which come from the talus, because the talus has a great amount of Kedusha, and the tzitzis are a reduced amount of Kedusha in comparison to the talus. So the question is, how is it that the tzitzis you can use, you're not allowed to use it for whatever you want, the talus you can use for anything if it's a higher level Kedusha. The answer is, the tzitzis contain within them a limited amount of, of oyer, an oyer more connected to pnimius. And therefore, because it's limited, therefore, even a keli, like a physical thread, is able to capture that level of kedusha. And therefore, in the end, the tzitzis become imbued with holiness. And therefore, you can just use it for whatever you want. But the talus is such a high level of oir, that it's oir amakivs, the, the, um, that which envelops rather than can integrate, meaning it stands outside the physical keli, the talus, the material of the talus, the talus is only an allusion to the great oyer which is represented by the talus. But the talus itself can't capture that. And therefore the talus remains unimbued uh, by this great oyer, and therefore you can use it for whatever you want, even though it represents a higher level of oyer. In a similar way we find that the, the name Anoichi, when Hashem is referred to by Anoichi, it refers to a level which it's a, Anoichi is not a holy name Anoichi which captures, which refers to the very essence of Hashem which is higher than Shemavaya, it's higher than everything but Anoichi itself remains uh, in other words you're allowed to erase it there's no prohibition to erase the, na- the word Anoichi there is a strict prohibition against erasing the name Havai or Elikim and any of the other names of Hashem. Even though those names represent a lower level and Anoichi represents the very essence of Hashem. Similar to the Talas and the Tzitzis. In a similar way, the, the lower levels, the Hei, Vav and Hei, contain within them a lower level of Eir. Whereas, and that's why it's called Nechlolis, they're included, they are captured by the letters themselves, whereas by the higher levels, Chachma, and certainly the, the Kaitschel Yud over there, it is only a remis to, it's an allusion to, rather than that it captured it. And that's why the Altarebbe describes it as Nirmozis, whereas over here he says Nechlolis as well.
This is it. As I said, I just uh, took some broad strokes, some very uh, the, the the very nucleus of the sicha. But there is so much that is discussed in the sicha. But it would take a long time, and it's very nuanced. So uh, if you want the whole, you want to get the whole thing, you have to listen to the full length version.